1: Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
2: Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets Podcast, your nonstop shop for all things jets with Tim McMaster, Zach
0: Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! One more game to go in a season that started with so much hope and has spiraled into disaster. We are getting you ready for the Dolphins and Jets, two teams whose seasons have gone off the rails, although the Dolphins still with some postseason hopes. This is the Can't Wait Podcast. I'm Tim McMaster. Along with Zach Rosenblatt and Marissa Dunn. Lots to get to. We're going to talk about the quarterback position, which we just got the news uh, this morning, that Joe Flacco will get the start. Zach Wilson will be the backup. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Michael LaFleur, his comments on Thursday about Zach Wilson, where he stands as this team heads towards the offseason. We'll get you ready for the Dolphins as well. Darrell Revis headed to the Hall of Fame probably. And our picks with a guest from the Jets podcasting family. Uh, so we'll... We'll have some fun with that as well. Uh, guys, one quick note, though, before we get to the Jets, because we talked about it early in the week, um, the news has gotten better each day with Damar Hamlin, which has been great to see. And this morning we learned that he's breathing on his own. He's talking to family members. After on Thursday, we found out he was writing to family members because he, he was still, you know, unable to talk with all the stuff in his throat. Um, but just on, on a day where from a Jets perspective, obviously, it's kind of playing out the string. Um, good feel good news for the NFL I think right oh absolutely yeah yeah it's uh,
3: feel like, good news like, for everybody I feel yeah like, for everybody you know, the yeah.
2: country it is yeah. that's true This story is gone beyond the NFL. I just, yeah I guess uh, Sean McDermott doing his press conference right now I saw one of the reporters say that he can't stop smiling so I'm sure there's that's it's awesome. been hard to come by and I saw the photos of Josh Allen in practice yesterday like smiling at the camera like I, I'm sure they had a couple of days that were pretty tough but um yeah what like like I mentioned, like I've been, I've been like in the, in the weeds and I don't know the right word in, in, in like this kind of scenario where you don't know what's the, you're waiting for the next positive news. And so
3: yeah, it's a little tough. different
2: in that, and it's a little different in that the whole nation is following it along. So, um, and he has a whole football team behind him and it's cool that he was able to FaceTime with the team and all that stuff, but yeah, positive yeah. news. Uh, so it allows us to get back to talking about the disaster that is the new york jets
0: <laughs> yeah let's let's get there um you were just at the press conference uh zach with robert sala announcing that it will indeed be joe flacco getting the start um zach wilson will be the backup we can get into chris Streveler in a second and why why not why not strev i think that should be a hashtag hashtag why, why not, not strev? Strev? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing ab- about this like and he, Robert Sala was asked why. He was actually asked that question, he said. And he said, Flacco gives us the best chance. Not, to win. not by me. Not by me. Not by, which is the most amazing thing about that. <laughs> not by you. But here's the thing like that alone in a bubble, like fine. But then there's the other news that George Fant isn't going to play, Dwayne Brown isn't going to play, and Nate Herbig isn't going to play. With that news attached to it, I actually find it hard to believe that Joe Flacco gives them the best chance to win because we've seen how immobile he is. And it's, I mean, it could get ugly, and we could see Zach Wilson at that rate i I don't know, so my my friend Joe, who we had on the pod, texted me
2: after he saw my tweet about the offensive line being out, and he said, "This is elder abuse <laughs> for for Joe <laughs> um i I think the offensive line is probably like a factor in their decision honestly i I don't think. Number one, I don't think they see a value in putting Zach out there considering what we just saw against the Jaguars. I think they really do want to reset him and, and all that stuff and get him to step away from football or the whole thing that Salah said the other day. And I also think they don't want him to get killed out there. I mean, I I don't know that they want Joe Flacco to get killed, but you know, there's a the real possibility this is Joe Flacco's last ever start. I'm sure there's a part of them that is like doing this for Joe, who they really love in this building. So we started the season with Joe Flacco, and we're ending it with Joe Flacco, which I don't think any of us could have. Uh, anticipated but maybe we should anticipate weird stuff happening but it is just like you just think about this qb carousel and i asked Sala about this and he acknowledged that it's hard to you know get anything going when you are constantly changing but you look like this depth chart it started the season joe flacco mike white uh zach wilson comes back it's zach wilson joe flacco uh, at a certain point i forget which week they i think it was after or before the first patriots game they go mike white's number two after the second patriots game they go, Mike White's the starter, Joe is number two, Zach Wilson's number three, then Mike White gets hurt, and it's Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Chris Stravler is in the mix. And then Zach Wilson comes back. I mean, then Mike White comes back, and uh Zach Wilson is the third string, and Joe Joe Flacco is the backup, and Chris Stravler's still in there. And now we're back to Joe Flacco as a starter, and Zach Wilson's number two, and Chris Stravler will probably get some I would think he would get some run on Sunday in the Stravler package or the Taysom Hill package or whatever. But it's I was talking to one of the reporters on on the walk-in, Dennis. Um, In the history of the NFL, I can't imagine any team has had success when they change quarterbacks, even like a few times throughout the season. Like doing the musical chairs thing just does not work. Like it doesn't even matter unless both guys are very good, which in that case you're probably just rolling with one anyway. Like it it just does not work. Whether it's injuries or performance, Like the way they did it this year is not a way to to have like a winning, um, constructive – football team with a with a good offense and you know we're gonna get into the floor stuff i think it is important to consider the hand he was dealt you also have to consider his hand his his role in that hand being dealt as well but like they, they i mean it's obvious and we're gonna say in a million times this offseason they have to get the next quarterback at Salah said we need to fix that this offseason i think that's the closest they've come to admitting that they're gonna add somebody honestly um because they've been like staunchly like supporting zach but i <sighs> quarterback it's not going to fix everything but it you just need stability and you know i don't i mean you could argue even again i'm not going to get too into the weeds here but you know a guy like jimmy g has had injury issues and so like so you have to think about okay if we bring him in do we want to go through this again do we want to turn to zach if he gets hurt like uh, there's a lot of factors going on and a lot of people's jobs are hanging in the balance here going into next year if they get this wrong um but that's my biggest takeaway i mean look on Sunday, Joe Flacco could take the lead for passing touchdowns. He's one behind Zach Wilson. Zach has six. Joe Flacco has five. Joe Flacco might end the season as the the Jets' leading passing touchdown leader uh, from starting four games. <laughs> like that, yeah. if that doesn't tell you, like you'd think that their record would be way worse if you consider all of that. So, it's a it's a very weird, bad spot to be in right now. But it's it's the Jets, so
0: weird. <laughs> It's the old saying: is if you have two quarterbacks, you have none, right? So if you have four quarterbacks, <laughs> definitely. If you, you de- have four quarterbacks, you have one, Chris Traveller. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we didn't mention Mike White's side of this, which was hmm. he he did get banged up, right? Last weekend, um, it kind of came out through the week. He had a bad practice Wednesday. Was officially replaced as the first guy in practice on Thursday. So, um, just a, it's just tough, right? Because like there was so much hope around this guy. And then, you know, obviously he was hurting in the Seahawks game and he played badly and he didn't use that as an excuse, but like he was hurting. And you wondered if this was a guy who could at least be like an option heading into 2023 and for his season to end this way. Like, it just, it just stinks as someone kind of watching this team.
2: Yeah. You, you do feel, you do feel for him. Um, because, you know, again, I know everybody says that everybody's harsh on Zach, but he's under contract for multiple years. He has a guaranteed salary, all that stuff. Uh, Mike White's about to hit free agency. He had a chance to really make himself a lot of money. I still think he's going to make, like, good money. I don't know if it'll be as much as he would have, if if not for what transpired. Like, I wonder, wonder, part of me wonders if he just, like, didn't come back and he just stayed out till the end of the season, if his value would have been better going in the offseason because you go yeah. on a little more of a high note with that Bills game. Yeah. Um, and the and the the Vikings game and the in the Bears game where you know he showed he can make some throws, um, but I know you look around the league like I, you can run through a lot of teams that either are going to need an, a like a number two you believe in or a guy to be like a bridge or a guy to be competition for a young quarterback and I think he's as good as any candidate at hitting free agency especially because he's still fairly young I think he's 27, um, but anyway you know he he had a chance to prove he can be a starter in this league. And, you know, he, he really fought through pain to get out there. Uh, I think Robert Sala said there was a hit before halftime that kind of, I don't know, aggravated is the right word, but it, it made made, it, made things worse in a way. And that was a risk of him going back out there. Ultimately, maybe he shouldn't have it. He was cleared. So he was, you know, there's, there was nothing like weird going on. But, um, you know, he tried to fight through it to try and get the Jets to the playoffs. And it backfired on him to a degree. And it, he was in a lot of pain this week from what, I, what I'm told. I think he practiced on Wednesday and it was not a good practice. And. Uh, I think he was telling people he wasn't going to play. He didn't think he was going to be able to play, and so I think they just decided to just pull the plug instead of like you know risking anything. And um yeah, so you wonder if he's played his last game for the Jets. It's it's going to be very like we've talked about. Like you have to want are they going to go and if they believe in Zach Wilson while also getting a guy like Jimmy G, if they believe in Zach Wilson, then you'd think they at least believe in him being the number two quarterback. And I don't know if you, there's much space for Mike White at that point if. Uh, he's going to make more than the minimum. Uh, you know, I know they paid Joe Flacco more than the minimum. They made it, paid him, both of them more than the minimum actually this year. I don't know if you want to pay your third string quarterback in theory, uh, you know, five million dollars, seven million, whatever it is, uh, ten million. Like, I don't, I don't know how much he's going to make, but so it, it's it's going to be a tough decision. And I mean, ultimately, if they d- do trade Zach Wilson, it, it would make sense to bring Mike White in. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm more skeptical that he's back than I was before. Though, I, if he doesn't have a market, I could see him coming back because he knows this offense. Coach staff loves him, lives in this area with his kids, all that stuff. So, it's uh, yeah, he's got a very interesting offseason head. Um, but, yeah, ultimately you, you feel bad for the guy who, you know, had really galvanized his locker room. Everybody loved him here. He showed some flashes in those games. Maybe not enough to lead them to wins, but he showed some flashes. Something that everybody forgets about, and we brought it up, is he's only started six, six games now, I think. Yeah, I think that's right six or seven um that's like that's not even a a half of a season so he's he's quite inexperienced which is something that everybody forgets and he's never been able to go straight through without getting hurt which is unfortunate for him um but yeah so they're this is kind of where they are joe flacco who knows this is the last game you might zach wilson might be the only quarterback in this room that's still here next year which is crazy to think about
0: yeah it, it certainly is uh you mentioned um Teams looking for veteran quarterbacks to compete with young quarterbacks. Um, wow. that What a concept, <laughs> right?
2: Um, <laughs> Didn't even think about it in that sense, but yes. <laughs> been a big topic these last couple I of days. Feel and like I feel like I failed
3: as a producer of going all the way back to our podcasts like in the beginning when we talked uh-huh. about getting Zach Wilson a veteran quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, man, I'm sure that was a big topic. Because uh, this has been a topic back yeah. when we had Connor that we talked about very often. So, yeah. If, I mean, if you, if you guys
2: and if you guys remember, um, like solid, did get questioned about that by the media and he was just getting like frustrated about it. Uh, yeah. And they wound up bringing in Josh Johnson, uh, but maybe a little too little too late. And you know, t- Tim, I can let you take it away here because I'm sure we're going to hit on this topic next anyway.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But that is that is the thing is that summer, like every time we did this podcast, it was like, when are they going to sign the veterans? Like, yeah, it was so obvious. Like, when are they going to say, who's the veteran? When is he going to come? And it, it just like, we got to the beginning of training camp. When got through OTAs, nothing got to the beginning of training camp. It was like, what? I think we asked the question, what are they doing? Like you have yeah. a rookie quarterback. Um, you have like every rookie quarterback ever has had a, a veteran rookie quarterback
3: who played BYU even, even if, even Lake. if it's not yeah.
0: competition, it like, usually there's a veteran there to help them.
2: Like. <laughs> Like, so if they, if they like Joe Flacco that much, why didn't they just sign him in the summer? Like that's <laughs> right, right. They wound up and trading so, for him. So, yeah.
0: So that brings us to, uh, to Michael Flores comments yeah. on Thursday, where he basically admitted to that, that they handled things poorly with Zach Wilson. And he probably should have sat and learned from a veteran quarterback in his rookie season. Um, he said in hindsight, which kind of like that, that word, alarms went off for me because i was like i don't think this is in in hindsight like everybody saw this in the moment it's not like we're looking back on it and oh now we can see like no we knew then um and it it just didn't work out obviously and now we've kind of seen who knows right like zach wilson could have sat for eight games and watched a veteran and still be what he is right now we we don't know that yeah Um, yeah but it would be nice to have an idea it would have been nice to find out
2: yeah um it, it was interesting because that solid kind of avoided admitting that mistake uh and and Lafleur wasn't even the thing is Lafleur wasn't even asked directly about it Connor asked him a question kind of just like about how like maybe sometimes it's good for a quarterback to sit and learn or whatever and then he started he started getting into jordan love uh and how he's been sitting for the packers because he obviously talks to his brother a lot um and then he said you know maybe you know yeah the 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 quote the in hindsight quote um and so it was interesting to me that he was admitting that. i mean i think you can interpret that how you want i i'm sure there's there's some degree of even if he didn't mean it of trying to like defend himself <laughs> publicly because I, there's a lot of scrutiny on him right now um
3: well, to what and, extent is it is it throwing like joe douglas under the bus yeah or, yeah you know, oh
2: totally like, yeah i mean that's a fr- like again, I I don't think Lafleur consciously was doing that, but it, right. it's what it is right. when you like when you put it out there and right. you read the words. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. And Sala kind of pushed back on it a little bit today. He he said how you know in OTAs and rookie mini camp and training camp of the preseason, it was it was clear that that uh, that Zach was was the, was the guy, and that they were confident in his ability to start. And so Sala kind of pushed back a little bit. I think he kind of pulled the reins back a little bit. Um, But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think, like you guys said, everybody was – I wasn't covering the Jets at the time, but I even remember hearing about it and thinking it was crazy that they they didn't have a veteran quarterback and seeing Robert Sala get frustrated when people kept asking him about it. Um, You know, again, like, they weren't going to win many games last year, so I I, I do wonder if that was part of the thought process. Like, why even bother? But ultimately, I think that was the wrong decision, and I think that's played itself out. Flacco has been, you know, very positive influence, I think, behind the
0: scenes, and so you you wonder – how much that would have helped having him from the get-go. There's a lot more to get to as far as Mike LaFleur goes. Um, You have a great story in The Athletic uh, just out this morning, Zach, about what is the future, uh, the immediate future for Mike LaFleur. We're gonna get into all of that and much more, but we gotta take a quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, more on Mike LaFleur. Um, There is definitely a chance, when you look at what happens with NFL teams when seasons end with long losing streaks and there's disappointment, that somebody's got to be the scapegoat. Sometimes it's a player, but but Zach, oftentimes it's a coach. And if that is the case with the Jets, if it is decided from above and Woody Johnson that somebody's got to take the fall here, it kind of has to be Mike LaFleur, right? So like, that's what your story's about, is Robert Sale is obviously going to fight that that doesn't happen and he can and roll it back. But there's no other clear person on this coaching staff that you would let go in the blame game.
2: Yeah, well, I I think... I think they're trying to without say, saying without saying it, is that they're trying to make Zach Wilson the scapegoat while still like keeping him around kind of thing. Like, I think they're trying to have it both ways a little bit and, and it's hard to argue like that. I, mean, I don't think Zach Wilson is the reason why they're in this place. Like there's a lot of other issues they have to attend to, but quarterback is the main one and the offense is the main one. And, um, you know, I Solomon made it pretty clear to me. I think the other day when he had his comments about how, you know, I was in his shoes uh, when I was in San Francisco, um, after Salah's second year in San Francisco as the DC, there were four and 12 fans were calling for his head. Kyle Shanahan came out, staunchly supported him, brought him back, he went to the Super Bowl in 2019. Uh, and he was hired by the jets two years later. And so solid, it felt like Salah's messages and, and Michael floor's messages were directed towards Woody. Cause I think, you know, he, he wouldn't, he's not the first owner to like who's involved with their team and who's, you know, antsy and, you know, the jets haven't made the playoffs in 12 years and, Everybody's talking about how bad the offense is. Uh, radio, sports radio in the area and and uh, the fans on Twitter are all talking about how they want the floor fired. And I, I think Woody is well aware of how the fans feel about certain things. I don't know if that's going to like influence how he approaches this, but I I, I think it. You just look at it it's so obvious that the offense was what was holding them back this year. And you there are two people who get blamed when the offense is playing poorly. It's the quarterback and it's the offensive coordinator. And if they're actually committed to keeping Zach, I I don't feel like what he's going to be okay with just rolling everything back the way it was that maybe they can, you know, do smaller scale changes like change the position coaches or something like that. But I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this. I, I don't personally think they should fire the floor. Cause I think the factor when everybody talks about all that, that they leave out um, is number one, you have to replace him. And if they, if in theory, Robert all is a lame duck coach, uh, what he would be going in the next year. Because if they don't make the playoffs again, I I don't know. He survives that. So why would an offensive coordinator go somewhere where you might have to leave in a year? Um And the second factor is the Jets want to run the 49ers system. They want to run uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense. And so that also limits the pool of offense, unless they're forcing him to hire like a guy who is not from the system, uh, like a guy who's been in the league for a while. I've seen Frank Reich. I, that, that's not going to happen. I know everybody likes that idea. I think he's more likely to just be a head coach again. Uh, I don't think he would come to a Jets team where he again lame duck. I don't know if Salo would want to hire a guy that could potentially replace him in a year. Um, so uh, you, you'd have to find somebody who at least has some sort of experience in the West Coast Kyle Shanahan offense, which again limits your pool. Uh, and so ultimately, you're not going to get anybody better than uh, Lafleur. Um, you know, I, I, I know there are very opinions on on him as an offensive coordinator. He he, he is young and he is inexperienced. I think. To a degree, he might have been learning on the job. Uh, I think yep. he has shown flashes of being a very inventive play caller, and I know his play design and stuff like that. I, I do question some of his decisions and his reliance on a guy like Braxton Berrios and how they get away from the run sometimes. Like, there's a lot of things you can criticize him for, for sure. I think somebody deserves, like, Zach Wilson's not the only one that deserves blame for not developing the person that he's supposed to develop him, also does deserve blame from that. I, a lot of people bring up which the Greg. He took Knapp. some too yeah. on Thursday, right? Yeah, he yeah. He spoke to that. He he has been pretty good about like putting the pointing the finger at himself. Um, a thing that everybody brings up is the Greg Knapp factor, which I think you know I think that's fair as well. You know they they wanted him to kind of be the veteran voice in the room for, for Lafleur, and then he passes away uh, tragically, and they bring in John Beck, and they bring in back Kavanaugh, and this year they didn't really bring in any veterans. They just decided to roll with who they have with Lafleur and Calabrese. Uh, whether that was the right decision, I I don't know if you can quantify that. Like, I don't know if, you know, having a veteran coach, I don't know if having Gary Kubiak in the building, like maybe that doesn't really change the problems Zach has with his footwork. Like, I I don't know. Um, so I I don't think it's as simple as like what you change one thing and then everything's fixed. I I think this is a, this is a situation where no matter who's the offensive coordinator, if the quarterback they have next year is not ready to number one, if the quarterback they have next year. Isn't good enough, everybody's getting fired. And if the quarterback they have is good enough and they still don't make the playoffs, I don't know if everybody's getting fired. So um ultimately I don't I don't see the benefit of firing him. I, I understand the argument and every you know, when things are bad, you want you want change, and then in theory, when you change something, it's gonna be better because it can't be any worse. But you know, I covered the Giants when um they had a terrible offense in 2020 and uh everybody's like it can't get any worse than this. They brought back Jason Garrett, it got worse. They fired Jason Garrett, brought in Freddie kitchens to be the interim guy. And Joe judge also was calling plays, uh, which as you can see with the Patriots is still a disaster, but anyway, it did not get better. It got worse. So it can get worse. I think some continuity wouldn't be the worst thing. Uh, I know maybe some people are angry about that idea, but I, I don't know. I, I think the, the right pathway might be fi- bringing in a veteran offensive assistant, but keeping Lafleur around, like it, maybe Gary Kubiak again, who I mentioned, uh, he has a relationship with uh, Sala. I don't know if he wants to coach anymore, but um, he's the kind of guy that you would, you could see them bringing in. Um, actually, I think his son is the OC for the Broncos right now. And the Broncos are probably about to clear their staff out. So maybe maybe Clint Kubiak would be an option to bring in here um, just to help out with the quarterbacks so or whatever it is, but I don't know. I, I think that's the path I would go. I, I, I just, I, I just have a feeling that Woody's going to kind of hear the noise and, and, and tell Salah he has to, he has to make a change and, uh, whether Sal is willing to fight for his buddy or not. I don't know. But uh, ultimately I, I lean more towards, I don't know that LaFleur is going to be their offensive coordinator. Uh, when we talk about this again, like a week from now. So it's, it's, it's weird. That's gotten to this point. Cause we've talked about, there's a point this season where you and I uh, brought up about how, like maybe he's a uh, head coaching candidate. He was like on that list, uh, the NFL network ad and um,
0: just the jets in the NFL things change so fast. And it's, and it's crazy. Life moves fast. Yeah, for sure. How about Woody Johnson being on the sideline for practice this week? Um, Do you think – like, is that like a power play where he's sending a message? Did he just want to be seen? Like, it doesn't – it's not a regular thing, so it makes you wonder what the – what was behind it. Yeah. I'm I'm
2: trying not to read too much into it, but, I mean, the optics of it are – hard not to, though, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, that's the thing. Like, there there are optics there. I I don't know what he's going to see when he's standing out there in the practice field, but – (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I think he knows that when he's out there, we're all going to point it out. So the reality is I haven't – I asked another reporter. I'm like, yeah, we haven't seen him out here in a while, right? Because I, he he would come out during training camp a bunch. I don't remember seeing him much in the regular season. I could be wrong. You know, I've missed some practices. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, what's going to happen at the end of the season is what happens for most teams is the head coach is going to have to sit down with the owner, and especially when you're a team that didn't make the playoffs. You have to explain what happened. You have to explain what the plan is going forward. Uh, and you have to say how things are going to get better and Woody might strongly suggest that they make some changes. I don't know. Um, but if I was predicting, that's what I would predict is that he's going to say something needs to change. And um, maybe he says, I asked to be the offensive coordinator. Maybe he doesn't, I don't know, but it, Woody is the X factor here for the, for the jets off season, for sure.
0: Usually when Woody's the X factor, it, <laughs> it's not necessarily a good thing, right? That there's some big reactions, overblown reactions, which is Interesting, also because of what Sala said this week about like taking a step back and not reacting to the outside narrative and being smart. It was like he was speaking directly to his owner when saying that stuff. (laughs) It is always amazing Um, when they when they do that. Yeah. uh, All right. um, Let's get let's bring in our guest uh, early. Our picks guest, Will Parkinson, is joining us. Of course, a guy who who has has his own podcast. Uh, Will, thank you so much for coming on, man. (laughs)
1: Thanks for having me, guys. No, uh, no Jets news today, right? Nothing
0: happened. Uh-huh. No, nothing exciting. To talk
3: about. <laughs> you, you know so, how this goes. Well,
0: like if you if you wait twelve hours before you record your podcast, you have to
1: redo the rundown because
0: yeah. things will change <laughs> with the New York Jets for sure.
1: I uh, I was supposed to release one yesterday, and then they dropped the like idea maybe there was an eighth team in the playoffs. So I was like, all right, I'll uh, wait. Yeah. And then I was like, I'll record this morning, and then. Joe Flacco starting. So I'm glad I waited. Um, we've had yeah, a lot of luck with waiting this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've had, yeah. It's usually, it's better honestly to wait at this point. Cause you're yeah. just going to end up having to redo it. But, uh, <laughs> We have Tank Commander Joe Flacco in the mix, and uh, you know the Jets are sneaky tanking again on Week 18 for like the fifth straight year. So you know we're back. We're better than ever. <laughs> I saw you <laughs> tweeted
0: that earlier. The tanker, yeah. <laughs> tanker Joe. Um, of course, they you can catch it. Will. It's brutal. Um, if you don't know it, um, on turn on the Jets everywhere you get your podcast, you can find him for that. We're gonna get to the picks in a while, Will. We actually have a break. We have to get to before that, but we wanted to get you on early just because. To get your thoughts on this stuff as well, Uh, before we shift to the Dolphins, where do you see this Mike LaFleur situation?
1: I I kind of tend to agree with Zach. Um, I do think it's hard to totally rip a guy who's gotten 300 plus three touchdown games out of Joe Flacco and Mike White and Josh Johnson and Chris Trevor looked like he actually could like gain a first down at one point (laughs) during the Jags game. Right. So it's sometimes I think we, we do this thing in the NFL and a lot of people did on monday night with the Demar hamlin stuff is you like you look for a villain and sometimes the villain's kind of staring you right in the face and not to be that guy but zach is historically bad um through the first two years and and i'm not saying he's going to be bad forever and i hope it works out for him whether it's here although i think that that trip has sailed or somewhere else i hope he does well similar to sam or gino or any of these other guys that are seeing some success but if we're honest about it, you know, he's had three games throwing for under a hundred yards and yeah. in the most pass hat, it's like if a guy in the NBA is averaging seven points a game, you know, maybe it's the guy that maybe it's him, not the the hand checking foul in the NBA. So um, I, I think Mike LaFleur, Robert Sal was the best man in his brother's wedding. They've been friend being close friends for 20 plus years yeah. or 15 plus years. I just have a hard time. Like, I, I think Sal is so in, in a good way, so stubborn in such a, good friend and a trustworthy person that's why he's able to pull all these guys remember i think fans forgot michael floor and mike mcdaniels were the two hot coordinators and kyle shanahan was not happy that he lost michael floor i think it was very obvious he didn't he lost john betton and all those guys but i just have a hard time believing they're gonna they're gonna fire him i think something needs to happen i think i agree there whether it's rob calabrese kind of moves back into an assistant role or takes a different role somewhere else and they bring in a quarterback coach. I saw David Shaw floated this morning. That's not happening. Yeah, um, I don't he's think going he to be even a... wants to coach anymore. No, like. I was going to say if he's not to leave Stanford, that he has NFL Network on draft night written all over him. Yeah, imagine um, leaving uh... leaving
2: Stanford head coaching job to be the Jets quarterback coach. Yeah, yeah, on a lame duck <laughs> staff. That's a
1: that's a good that's a good career decision. Frank Reich, I floated out there. I think you'd have to if you were going to bring in Frank Reich, you'd have to know this is coming with a car, Jimmy G, Rogers, mm. Lamar, whoever you go for. Like knowing quarterbacks going to be here. We feel good. The head coach will be here. And if not, I'm the next guy in charge that gets the job. That'd be on solid then to, it kind of reminds me of the Fangio stuff. I don't know if you guys remember last year where Fangio got fired and it's like the jets need to fire Ulbrich and bring in Vic Fangio. I was like, not the same system. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't make it's not sense. Simple. Yeah. And B, why would you want to come here and, and kind of take a, a job relegation, I guess. So, They do need to bring someone like I fully agree a veteran. Maybe it's you mentioned Clint Kubiak. I don't know. Maybe he calls Gary Kubiak and says, can you come in and be a mentor to the staff? I know they work together. So that's a name. It's a similar system. I just think, look, I know John Gruden and Jay Gruden's not going to happen. But even if it's someone like that, that has that. I've been a coordinator. I've been a head coach. I can kind of show you the ropes a little bit. I just think LaFleur, the only thing I would say with him, I'm not sure if you guys agree or disagree. I think a lot of the creativity is great. I think he's developed like he gets a lot out of guys that maybe you wouldn't get a lot out of he just gets a little impatient for me at times with the run game and it feels like yeah they'll run it and they'll get stopped two times in a row and he's like all right we got to drop back 50 times and if that's the offense that's great but you have to build the roster that way you can't be in between so um i don't know if i, I don't fire him but if it came down if the one the x factor as you guys mentioned is what he goes it's you fire him or you both go yeah. and and then that's it in that sense I would, I would assume Robert Sala would say, "Sorry, Mike, I, I love you, but yeah. <laughs> um, find another job." But I don't know. Maybe he's he's stubborn enough. I just, and by the way, I just, I know people keep asking me head coach. I get this all the time. I'm not sure you guys feel Sean Payton and Harbaugh are not happening, so I, I'm not <laughs> sure <laughs> they're not trading a top ten pick for Sean Payton. That's just not maybe Harbaugh so. will be the yeah.
2: offensive coordinator. I'll just uh, yeah, he'll, just he'll, key, he'll be
1: the he'll be the QB coach. They'll bring in Mike Tomlin to be the DC. <laughs> Tru- Chuck no- Noel and uh, Bill Walsh will come back and, uh, <laughs> and be on the staff. Not going to happen, guys. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, no. You I use the agree.
0: word um, impatient, and I and I think sometimes he also overthinks things. Like he'll go in, yeah. you'll you'll see on paper, and it looks clear what the game plan should be. And he's almost too cute about certain things, which is probably yeah. trying to live up to being an offensive genius, right? Like sometimes, and I feel like I feel like those things are fixable. Um, you take a step back, you have an off season, you regroup. So I agree with both of you guys that I, I don't think he should be gone. I think he should be back. Olbrich, uh, you mentioned, and look, the defense was great this year. They stuck with him and and yeah, the defense was really yeah.
1: good. Um, so He's another guy that got impatient a year ago too. And I think early in the year, sorry. He just like, he would get impatient and they wouldn't get pressure the first two or three drives. He'd start blitzing guys. Mm. And they got crushed in man coverage. That was the only – if you look at every DVOA stat, every EPA for play thing, like the only time they're bad is when they blitz. And they stopped blitzing after week three. Quinton Williams blew up. And, you know, they had the worst game of the year the last two weeks. And they gave up 20 and 23 points. Like it's – you know, so I'm not saying the defense is perfect. But, again, Olbrook learned. And, by the way, I think everyone knows this. That keeps saying Robert Sala is involved in the defense. So if everyone can stop asking me for Robert Sala to call plays, mm. he's on the headset too. I promise you. If oh, Obrick yeah, yeah. was like, engage eight every play, I, I don't think that uh, Robert Sala would okay. But another uh, <laughs> for another time.
3: Do you think, huh? like, once we know the coordinator, I just curious your guys' take, like, we're going to know what they're going to do at quarterback. Do you think, like, this is going to be a huge telltale sign? Like, the week after the no season, question. if LaFleur is gone, do you think like okay they're going to be aggressive and go get one of these quarterbacks? Because it
1: could gonna... be a system change, right? like We'll right. get yeah that'll organic. that will tell a lot. Yeah, yeah.
2: I I don't I think Salah is pretty committed to the system that he runs though. So um <laughs> and that's why Jimmy G is like such an obvious fit, maybe almost too obvious to the mm-hmm. point where like I think we're all so focused on that. I don't see I per I don't know how Will feels about Derek Carr. I, I'm not as huge on him as an option for them. He, he obviously would be like the best Jets quarterback in a very long time. But And
3: then on behalf of the chat, I guess I have to ask about Lamar. Because Lamar.
2: I mean, I, obviously that's the dream one. And I, I, I do absolutely think there's weird stuff going on there. And yeah. that Joe Douglas, if he's available, Joe Douglas is going to call and he's going to try to get him. At whether that would be successful. I, I still ultimately think he stays on the Ravens. You just can't. If you have a guy of that caliber, you do not get rid of him, no matter if he hates you or not. Like, he could hold out, I guess. Tyler Huntley's a fourth uh,
1: fourth alternate Pro Bowler in Tyler Huntley, though, right? So, uh, (laughs) there's weird stuff with Lamar for like the last 12 months. There was stuff with the vaccine stuff. Then there was stuff he was out of shape. Then he came back in shape, but then he was hurt. There's just weird. And then they, I don't know if you guys remember like when Bucky Brooks floated, and obviously he's well plugged in the league, floated like the Ravens were going to take a quarterback in round one a year ago. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? They have Lamar. And it was like, he was like, "Yeah, well, maybe they just think that every five years they can cycle through quarterbacks." There's weird stuff there, and if I'm the Jets, you mentioned like, I think people love to say like the Jets don't do enough of like star hunting, but like oh, they do, last yeah. year, last year like they tried to sign Chandler Jones. He said, "I'm going to Vegas." Like, and they didn't, tried and to didn't sign have Ty- a great year I mean, either. Yeah, yeah, that, they might probably dodged a bullet. Look at Tyreek Hill. Know, people, um, yeah, Tyree Hill. Like every player in the team's texting Tyree Kill to come to New York. <laughs> It didn't work, right? They tried for AJ Brown. They called on Debo. They like this isn't Devontae, like, yeah, yeah. They tried on, It's like they try on everybody. Um, I would hope they try on Lamar. You should call on Rogers. You call on Lamar. You call on Dak, Kyler, whoever is a guy that you think you know. Could we persuade them to move? And you mentioned, I think, yeah, you know, stuck on that system. But if you were to go Derek Carr, maybe he doesn't necessarily fit the exact same thing as yeah. J G as you mentioned.
2: Yeah, I think they'd be willing to adjust. And and another thing to think about with. Uh, the not star hunting thing. Like if they had traded a bunch of their picks, then they might not have ended up with either sauce, Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall at this last draft. Like I, I know yeah. maybe you take that for a Tyree kill, but um, that is something to think about. But yeah, I, I, if, if someone like Lamar is available, if someone like Aaron Rodgers says he's willing to come to the jets or something like that, like they're, they're Tom, Brady? Sport. Tom Brady. I, <laughs> I would rather not cover Aaron Rodgers personally, but um, yeah, that's another topic. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. It's, it is going to be fascinating to see, how this all ties together. Like Marissa was asking how, how who the offensive coordinator is, whether, I don't know if, even if they hire someone to try to appeal to like one of these guys coming right. in, which that doesn't right. always work out. I mean, as you saw with the Broncos, that kind of yeah. really backfired. I was just going to um, say, yeah. definitely don't um, do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but so it's going to, I think you'll be able to tell to a degree, like what they're thinking based on what happens here. Um, Ultimately, I think, you know, if everybody in this building believes they're a quarterback away, which I think they are. And I think the floor probably believes that we'll find out how good of an offensive coordinator is when he has the quarterback. Like he can, we can talk about that all we want, but if they go get a quarterback and he still has the same problems with like getting too cute or whatever, then it's clear that he was the problem. But if, if, he, if you bring a good quarterback in there and the things calm down a bit, then you know that that was the issue from the beginning.
1: Yeah. You mentioned Derek Carr. I, I'm lukewarm on Derek Carr. I think the jets are more interested, going to be more interested in Carr than he is in the jets. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, He's mentioned like six times his brother's floated out there on TV. He wants a stable head coach, stable ownership, like everything kind of in place. And I'm not saying the Jets don't have that, but right now, like you can make the argument, Sal is going to be in a make or break a year next year. And what if Carr gets hurt for six games and he's on his 15th head coach and in nine years, I just don't, I don't know if he wants to be on the West coast. Like there's a lot of different, you know, obviously went to Fresno some playing in Vegas and Oakland. So like, does that stuff matter? I don't care about the cold weather numbers because, he was 0-7, and, and it's not just – if you go by quarterback wins, it's tough to be like, you know, Matt Jones has good numbers in the cold. doesn't mean he's actually good in the cold. Well, yeah, and, and, I,
2: and I also think with that, um, he's spending most of his year in warm weather, and then he's going to cold weather. Like, I think yeah. it's probably a little different than – Time he's, change. He's here all year, and he's like – his body's used to it. I don't know. I, I get – everybody's looking at, I think the more concerning thing is that he holds on to the ball a lot and he's a little bit afraid of getting hit is kind of like the narrative around him and that if the jets are still having
1: a revamped offensive line, that's a problem. Yeah. It's not, that's not ideal. The other thing you guys mentioned, like the quarterback away, I know everyone likes to point to all these other holes. I'm a big like war guy. I love baseball. So like I kind of, the jets had negative quarterback war this year. Like their roster is better without a quarterback even existing on the roster. <laughs> Like they, I think they had like a 4.27 war or something. The Chiefs are at eight or nine because of Mahomes. The Jets without a quarterback literally had a less valuable team. I mean, with a quarterback had a less valuable team. So they had the most valuable defense in the league. They had value on offense. It's just, they need to fix offensive line and quarterback. And it's, you know, that's been the conversation now for at least seven years. It's been really the conversation for a decade of just, can we get some stability at tackle can we get some stability at quarterback? I don't think anyone's asking for them to have an MVP level quarterback either. I think that's what is frustrating. I think everyone's asking, can we get 15 starts out of a guy that throws more than 10 touchdowns? Like they haven't had a guy throw for 10 touchdowns in three years. That's insane. Crazy. It's awful. <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't know.
0: All right. Um, before we take a quick break, we don't need to get into this Dolphins game. Um, <laughs> I think this conversation about LaFleur has been much more interesting, but I will just to touch on the Dolphins game from each of you guys. Why should people watch week 18 <laughs> for the Jets? Like, what's the thing that should get you to turn on the TV and watch? And please don't say Joe Flacco. Well, I was, I, was, I thought, I think the answer is obvious. It's Chris
2: Trevler. I think he's, well, right. That, that <laughs> would have been like if they had yeah, started but, so Chris is any out
3: of elevations?
2: No, I think he has one more. I think you get three. three. Oh, he has he had, had three. So I guess they, could just, sign, three, so I guess the they could just sign cuz he has that
3: they elevated him and didn't play him.
2: Yeah, they could just sign him to the active roster for yeah. Sunday if they really had for to one week, thing.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: Although yeah. they're they're very, North, although they're yeah. short on offensive linemen, so maybe not actually.
1: Yeah. But he could play he on could play line tackle, line. right? Yeah. He, yeah. Play ta- he, he might could probably to, play tackle. I I think Garrett Wilson's kind of the answer, right? It's like he's the one guy that feels like Sauce has rookie the year locked up. It feels like Garrett Wilson's kind of in a mono mono batter with Kenneth Walker. And obviously, Good point. I, I really truly believe Joe Flacco is going to throw it 80 times. The like, guy I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The floor gets pass happy anyways. And like he threw it 50 times a game when they were trying to win. I just feel like feed Garrett Wilson a million targets and Elijah Moore. And I also just think the rookies, like I'd love to see Jeremy Rucker get some reps. I'd love to see Jeremy Johnson play 70% of the reps. Like we know what Carl Lawson is, we know what John Franklin Myers is we damn sure know what Vinny Curry is. Like, can we like just give Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff 60% of the reps yeah. and say, you know, let's, you know, let's get you some meaningful reps going forward. The Huff thing's a little weird, but that's a whole nother discussion that we can tackle. And you has <laughs> can tackle in the offseason why he keeps, he'll play less and less against games. And when he plays less, they lose. Uh, but yeah, I think Garrett Wilson's the answer just try to get him rookie of the year and, you know, have the first time in franchise history. They got both
0: All right, let's take another break. We'll be back with a little, we'll touch on the Hall of Fame and then get into our picks.
1: Requires high speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on direct TV terms and restrictions apply.
0: All right, before we get to our picks uh, finalist name for the hall of fame this week, and obviously no surprise, but three new people on that ballot, Joe Thomas, Darrell Revis, Dwight Freeney, uh, orange pride for Dwight Freeney, by the way. Um, but he's not a lock, but it feels like Joe Thomas and, and Revis certainly are Joe Thomas, arguably the, the greatest to ever do it. And Rivas the greatest of his generation, I think, to do it at cornerback. So um, it, it should be fun, and it should be something where, um, you know, Will, going into next season, thinking of the Hall of Fame, it'll be a, a fun, feel-good story for this
1: Jets fan base because who knows what else is going to be going on with this team at that point. Yeah. Yeah, you look at and Gasno <clears throat> potentially. Uh, you know, it's all but kind of solidified. He'll be going in as well. Klecko maybe. Klecko, uh, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. if you Klecko, uh, sorry, Clecos, to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jets, but
2: not to cut you off real quick, the Jets yeah. might potentially be like uh, one of the hall of fame game teams yes. because of this i think the, i think they will be yeah. if, if revis Jeff, gets in Jeff i think it's browns makes sense. that's what it's going to oh, be. oh man and and, think... the, and the jets might have to go to cleveland on the road next
1: year so i might have to go to ohio
3: yeah, twice, twice. Next year, right? <laughs> good,
1: good luck with that um no nah, but uh, i think like it'd be really special for i think revis's number should be retired i've said that i mean i know it kind of is quasi retired now but just it should be retired he's arguably the best jet ever if you really want to be like honest with yourself yeah. like you know, a lot of these other guys is an all per the best defensive player in football for multiple years on their most successful run for 20 years. Yeah. Um, homegrown, obviously. And I know he won a ring with the Patriots. I don't care. It's a business, it's football. I'd, like let the emotion out of it. The Patriots are gonna win that ring, whether Rebus was there or not, likely. So um, yeah, like the the Hall of Fame game, I I've seen that. I think that would make a lot of sense. The Jets. I don't know that the Jets have ever played in. I could be wrong. And if they have, it's probably been forty years. So yeah. To have a guy that's a homegrown Jekyll in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot would be, would be respect. That ballot is stacked. If you like, yeah, look at it yesterday, it's crazy. If you played Madden in like 2010, 2011. Your mind is blown right now of how good. <laughs> yeah. All 99 overall. Well, even like, even dudes are. like Andre Johnson, I feel
2: like people forget how dominant he was. Uh, like Steve Smith didn't even make the uh, final A uh, Jared Allen is a guy that kind of flown under the radar, but like if you look at his numbers, like he was getting like double digit sacks every year. Like it,
1: it's, those are all yeah these are all dudes from like the 2000s that were like
0: yeah geez. reggie wayne and tory hole yeah
1: I yeah, tory Hull, even ronde barb ronde barber who's been on there for a little while darren woodson they were like perennial all pros guys that won titles yeah, those feel
2: like guys that'll get there like on their eighth try or something like that yeah
1: right? they'll be the the last ballot. they'll be like the baseball version of last time on the ballot yeah so exactly people yeah. vote for him but i think revis should get in i don't know yeah it'll be interesting even like it was crazy. I thought last year Ware and Willis not yeah. getting in was pretty con- confusing. We're, Marcus Lord Ware in, is, in particular, because uh,
3: he is, he like at least had an edge name. rusher he had, too. He had
1: the name brand of being a star too. So, yeah. yeah, being in the Cowboys, obviously retired. I think he retired right after the Super Bowl win in '15 uh, with the Broncos. So, I, I it's going to be a stats class. in yeah. one of those weekends where it's not the quarterback allure of some of these other ones where you know these other guys go in, but it's like true like generational pieces and. You know, JJ Watt obviously retiring. He'll be he'll be a first ballot guy. Um, you know, in five years or yeah. so, whenever he uh, he's eligible. Uh,
2: next year will be the fun uh, Eli Manning debate because I think he's eligible next year. <laughs> I'm not not, not if Eli's a first out. ballot. Are you is, are you a Rivers? Is a Hall of Fame guy? No, or no. I, so then why is Eli like? Just well, he I, I don't just think, I don't think I don't pers- I I mean, I don't think we have any Giants followers here. But I I don't think Eli. I mean, Eli is just based on who has gotten in the Hall. He'll make it and but I personally don't view, I think you need yeah, to be like, he's well, going to get in. It's you just need no to be what like, you think you should. You need to, in my opinion, the Hall of, and it's like this in every sport, it becomes the Hall of like, very good instead of the Hall yeah. of Fame ultimately. Like, yeah, in my opinion, I've always thought the Hall of Fame should be guys that are either the best or like debatably the best, like more than one year, like at their position. Like if, if and I don't think Eli Manning was ever that. Um, I don't Philip Rivers maybe but where was, do you
3: put the two Super Bowls? Yeah,
2: that's that's, well, that's the thing. thing like, too. it like depends like on how much you factor that in, I guess. Yeah. The Super like, Bowls to me, Nicole, too.
0: Right? Yeah, like those Super Bowl years, he was huge in those games, but you don't look back on those years and be like, Oh, Eli was the best quarterback in football that year. Exactly. I mean. That's yeah, but he did make big he was throws amazing. Well. He's amazing he
2: in that helped playoffs. out by a helmet catch But also, he's only he only like, he only went to the playoffs like three times in his career, yeah. which is like
1: crazy. Anyway, it's I don't know. I just it's like hard when you look at those guys of like, there's a good chance Rodgers and Breeze and all those guys and far have combined for like one Super Bowl apiece. And mm. I think Rodgers is whether people like him or not. Also legendary World War Two quote by Rodgers this week. That was a generational go in a museum quote. <laughs> um, but if no, he might be the most talented quarterback we've ever seen, or like the best thrower of the football we've ever seen, and he's got one Super Bowl. So it's like, is Eli better than him, or is Philip Rivers not better than Eli because he never won and wasn't good in the playoffs? It's, it's like the Julian Edelman thing, right? Like. I don't know, Andre Johnson won one playoff game yeah. in his whole career, but he's obviously better than Julian Edelman, who yeah, is so incredible it, in the de- playoffs. It, I guess
2: it depends on what you value, but I it, hall, hall of fame, I think, should be more about like,
1: is he this guy like a Hall of Fame player and less of because it, it is a team sport also. <laughs> if you don't think that when you're watching a guy, it's my personal opinion. If you don't watch yeah. a guy and then person you go, wow, or holy bleep, like this guy is the best player in the field They're one of the two best players, and like your yeah. eyes immediately fixate to him. I just, it's hard for me to be like, oh, you're one of the best 200 players to ever touch a football that's ever like existed. Yeah. Like that's I me. Mean, basketball does that. That's why fame is a joke. Baseball. Uh, that's what <laughs> Robert Dory's in the hall of fame. Like why? He averaged 10 <laughs> points a game. Huh? What are you doing? <laughs> All right, All so right. so um,
0: yeah. With that, let's get on to the picks and let's take a look at the standings because Zach, Pulling into the lead oh, um, and looking good. I was I was a point away. That Patriots game, a point away, Zach, of being one game behind. We got the you wrong here.
3: picture for Rohan.
0: Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I was gonna
2: throw
3: I was gonna throw... Sorry, Rohan. I think, I think Rohan's in here right now. So
0: yeah. sorry, Rohan. Yeah. <laughs> Our graphics are. I thought I threw up, up the wrong one. One. Yeah. yeah. I I do the graphics. So um, <laughs> 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 I forgot to switch out the picture, but I got the handle right. So yes. um, but. Yeah, tough week. Obviously, 0 and two for the listeners. Um, that Bill's game now I guess becomes a push because they're not gonna make it up. Yeah. Um, but this is where we're at, Zach twenty-three and twenty-five in the lead. We are just bad. It's just a bad year. It's thanks. literally
3: like every week I only get one. I really think yeah. I'm setting a record for you are consistent. I think that's more impressive. We should go back
2: and look. It. We should go back and look at how many weeks you only had one. <laughs> I literally like, think it's been every week. Yeah. Like yeah.
3: it's it's bad but you know <laughs> we're having fun right
2: better luck in 2023 yeah. you
3: know
0: yeah well the the good thing is we've this is the fourth season that we've done picks and the yeah. first three years uh um, marissa won one season i won one season and connor won one season and now zach you join and you're winning so yeah you That's know we we spread the love yeah. um, with yeah. that the, the leader goes first zach so you're up Alright, there's some weird. It's really weird lines
2: this week, obviously, because there's a lot of teams that aren't trying. Or oh yeah, like, yeah. So I, like, it's hard for me even F- like the Philly, the Philly Giants line. Yes, yeah. yeah, actually I was. I that one. I thought like about guys. that. I'll, I'll avoid it since it sounds like you guys are gonna use it. But I'll, so I'll go uh, Texans plus two and a half against the Colts. Just two bad teams, and I, the Texans probably want to lose, but Lovey Smith is also probably gonna try and win. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jets plus three against the Dolphins because it's just the Jets. Ruining their draft pick in the last week is kind of tradition, I feel like so. Um, and then I'll go who are the steel. I wrote down Steelers minus two Define against the, Browns. the Steelers. Okay, the Browns. The Browns, oh, yeah. yeah. So Steelers minus two against the Browns. The Steelers are, I have a chance at the playoffs still. So they're going to really try hard in that game. Um, not to say the Browns won't, but um, Steelers look, I mean, the Steelers might end with a winning record again, which is crazy to think about. You know, when they lost to the Jets, nobody thought that Steelers were going to end this. And so Tomlin might keep his streak going, which he, I mean, that dude's going to be in the Hall of Fame, obviously, one day. But it's it's honestly I feel like it's underappreciated the what he's done because you see the Jets not getting winning records most years. And I think yeah. I think Steelers fans are spoiled because I, I know some Steelers fans who like are over Tomlin. I'm like, trust me, it's it's like it's like I, I, I went to University of Arizona there. And they're not generally very good at college football. And Rich Rodriguez would have them like getting like seven or eight wins every year, which fans should be okay with because that's it's not that easy to do in like a tough conference. And so they fire him and they haven't been able to do that again. So, yeah, it, Tomlin. Anyway, sorry, just went on a little rant, but Tomlin, I made like that. That, that is going to be one of the best like stats ever for a coach. I, it blows my mind.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Will, you're next.
1: All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to start with uh, with Green Bay minus four and a half or whatever it is. Um, they're rolling right now. The Lions outside are just not that good. And as much as, you know, I don't know, when Rogers starts getting it rolling like this, it just feels like inevitable he's going to get in the playoffs and he's going to go on a run and they're going to end up losing the title game and we're going to talk them. – they're going to go 15-1 next year in the regular season and then lose in the first round of the Niners again. It just – this is like a cycle that happens every two or three years. He goes on a run as a wild card team and then – Sucks as a division winner. So, um, I'm going to go with, uh, with the Packers right now. Just the Lions on the road, the Jets kind of choked that game away. And then the Panthers ran for like 650 yards on them a week later. I just, I don't love that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go Seattle minus six or whatever they are against the Rams. The Rams have zero incentive to try. And it feels like obviously Seattle needs to win. And they kind of looked much better last week. Um, and then lastly, I will go. I'm, I don't know. I don't want to copy the uh, the Pittsburgh one, but it, it feels like uh JV and Clowney this week was like, they got sent home because he was yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. So see ya. <laughs> um, and the Browns kind of felt like last week was their little mini Super Bowl. They knocked out Washington. It felt like these teams usually have one one week in them where they play spoiler. And then like once that's over, it's done. So I'll go um, Seattle uh, Green Bay. And what did I just say? Pittsburgh. I'm um, Pittsburgh. Yeah. I'll go with that. Uh, we'll go with those three.
0: All right. I'm going to, uh, I agree with you on the Packers. I'm going to take that one to pack minus four and a half. Um, I'm going to take the bills minus seven at home against the Patriots. I just think the emotional level yeah. in I that stadium, about I the fact that, that they're one, at home. Yeah. yeah it's just going to be, I mean, maybe it's too much that happens sometimes, right? When guys are so fired up leading up to a kickoff that you know, you hit a wall in the second half. I don't know, but I'm going to take the the bills for, for that win. And then we'll see what happens with the jets game and who gets in the playoffs. But, and then third one, I'm going to go, uh, chiefs minus nine and a half at the Raiders. I just feel like the, uh, the chiefs are going to put the exclamation point on that one and, and crush a Raiders team that is playing out the string as well. Marissa.
3: All right. Well, I obviously have nothing to lose because, you know, I get one every week. So, you know, (laughs) I agreed with you guys on everything with the Packers-Lions game, but I would much rather root for the Lions in that game. Yeah, totally. So (laughs) I'm going to go opposite and I'm going to go Lions plus four and a half. Again, agreed with everything you said. (laughs) I feel like Aaron Rodgers has played a joke on all of us all season long and is going to go on this run. But I think it would be pretty cool to see the Lions win that game against the big brother Packers. So, Lions plus four and a half. Uh, Eagles obviously have a lot to play for. And it's and the Giants like, don't. I, yeah. Yes. And the Giants don't. And huge I line, though. It's a huge, huge. spread. I know, huge. but I feel like the Eagles have to just come out. You're and, not
1: a Tyrod Taylor you know, a Tyrod Taylor <laughs> believer.
3: I mean, I just think like they have to come out and like. Especially
2: with all the narrative around them now. Yeah.
3: Yes. Because they've, the past few weeks have not looked good and everyone wants to know are the Eagles falling off. So I just think they have to. Come out and show a little juice to get that that bye week and and get home field advantage. So I'm going to go Eagles minus fourteen. Gosh, that's a huge spread. And then <laughs> um, Cowboys minus seven versus the Commanders. Talked about the Commanders. We have no idea what they're doing at quarterback. Um, Sam Howell. Sam Howell yeah. this week. I mean, the, the the quarterback roulette over there. We talked about the quarterback. Oh roulette yeah, with it's the pretty Jets
2: bad.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's been. I mean, crazy. any quarterback
2: roulette <laughs> involving Carson Wentz is probably not good.
3: <laughs> yeah. So. um, Yeah, I'm going to go Cowboys minus seven versus Commanders. So Yeah, I mean, there's going to be one of them right in there. Tim, you're muted.
0: (sighs) One of those three will be
1: correct. Yeah. Carson Wentz, by the way, has to probably be one of the most internally hated players in the league. Like, he's got to be top three. Like Carson Wentz, like, is there anybody that likes Carson Wentz? Like any player in the league? Like I, I haven't ever spoken think, to I one. I think Zach Ertz likes him. I think that's about it. Zach Ertz <laughs> likes him. Like, I hope Zach doesn't reach that. And uh, uh, Jordan Matt right. and so Jordan I, Matthews, that was like his buddy. Uh, the there, there you Jeremy, go. Ma- Jeremy Macklin, back in the day.
0: There you go. <laughs> hey, Will. Right. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah, on, thanks, man. Will. We appreciate yeah, thanks for having me, guys.
1: I appreciate it. Just check out Will, Will on
0: his. Jets. Yep. on his own podcast. Turn oh, on the yeah. Jets. How? When's your next episode today?
1: Uh, it'll drop today, at like three o'clock. Yeah. We're just going to have a little bit more fun with the Joe Flacco, uh, <laughs> Joe Flacco situation. I've one today and one tomorrow. Cool. Um, so yeah, everyone, uh, tune in. Zach's been on, it was a, it was yep. a fun episode. So, um, yeah, no, I appreciate I uh, appreciate you guys having me. It was a lot of fun
0: cool and you want to join the athletic you can do that for two dollars a month for 12 months that's still right right marissa Yep. (laughs) all (laughs) right go to theathletic.com slash can't wait we will be back with two more episodes next week to kind of wrap up the season before we slow things down a little bit two great guests coming up yes i will i will leave it at that that's the professional tease we'll talk to everybody after week eight